Um, grab your Bibles and uh, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit for a quick work. Somebody say a quick work. And somebody say a quick word. <laughs> yeah, a quick work. Yeah, there's always time for a miracle. But 2 Timothy <laughs> chapter 1. And we launched into a series of messages last week. And we're taking on some things that, that have really, it's been a burden for me for several months. And so we called this, this series of messages Mind Control. And we're really talking about the mind. But, but even more than that, we're taking on some things like, um, like uh, suicide and depression, mental issues, because it's, such, it's so prevalent in our world. There's a lot of conversation about it. There's a lot of writings. There's a lot of postings. There's, you know, there's a lot of people talking about it. And I just really wanted to come at it from, from an angle of, of really God's word. Not, not that the other people aren't. It's, I'm not in any way. I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor. Let me give you all my disclaimers. Um, I'm, I'm a pastor and I've worked with and helped people for years and years and years. I'm also a human and this may shock you, but pastors, we deal with pretty much everything you deal with, right? Um, and so in my life, I've dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with uh, depression, those type of things. I've, I've walked through some dark places and God has been faithful and, and God has delivered me from those things. And so I'm, I want to say that I'm coming at this from an angle of me too, not you should. And I talked about, it. if you missed last week, please, you just, I can't say everything again, but I did all my disclaimers last week. <laughs> so if you missed last week, it's, it's on Spotify or YouTube, it's on the app, it's wherever you listen or watch. Um, but, but go back please and listen to that. Um, but I just want you to understand as a church, we're not saying you should, we're saying, Hey, us too, me too. And these are real things. They, they can be debilitating. They can be life controlling, but I believe God has an answer. I believe Jesus is the solution. How many of you know Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world? Let me say it another way. Before there was ever a sin, which means before there was ever a problem, God already had a solution. So today, if you walked in with a problem, I've got good news. He already has a solution for you. And so God is not working behind the curve. He is very much ahead. And just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean he's not working. And just because you haven't stepped into it doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Are you with me? So, so God always has the solution before we have the problem, right? And so I just want you to know whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with today, God has, God has the solution. And I want us to put our faith for, like, I believe, let me say this. I believe in doctors. I believe in medicine. If I get sick, I take medicine. I talked about this last week, but just so you know, I have a strong aversion to pain. It's kind of like an allergy, very allergic to pain. And so if, if I'm in pain and there's something that will make me not in pain, that's legal, don't be running to Colorado, Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying that's legal. Then I'm all about it. <laughs> Love me some ibuprofen. Are you with me? All right. So don't like, well, the bad, you know, hey, that's not what I said, Bubba. I'm not saying you should start a garden. <laughs> but. Um, so I'm not, I, you know, I, I also have a counselor. I love my counselor. I think, I think we all need, I think if you're a pastor, you should have a counselor, but I think sometimes we all need somebody just to help us with our thoughts. And you, so, um, and I'm, you know, so, and I'm also very healthy, the healthiest I've ever been in my life, probably honestly, mentally, emotionally, physically, all that. So, so just so, come from that point. I just want you to know you can win. 
You could, I mean, God's got a great plan for you. And no matter what you're facing today, it doesn't stop God's plan for you. And, um, and so today, I'm going to talk about, this one's going to be fun, but I'm going to talk about anxiety today. Anxiety, yeah, anxiety today. Like I was reading some things about anxiety, it's kind of crazy. Um, but um, I, I read the statistic, it kind of blew my mind, but mental, mental disorders or sickness, mental sickness, however you want to say it, um, account for 8 million deaths per year. Of course, the obvious number one leading cause of that would be suicide when people uh, feel like there is no way out of their pain except death. And I, I just I probably say it every week, but I want you to know the promise of God's word we're going to talk about today is a sound mind, not a sick mind. And uh, there is a way to end the pain without ending your life. And so, and by the way, if you need help today, then call the suicide hotline. Call, don't leave here today if, that, if you're stuck there. Okay, let us help you. Um, as best we can. But um, anxiety is the most common. I, I, I really didn't realize this, but anxiety is the most common mental illness affecting people today, the population of the world. Uh, over 284 million people are diagnosed with some type of anxiety or anxiety disorder. 40 million in the United States alone. Um, and so it is at its, also, it's, if you haven't noticed, probably why a lot of people are talking about it, it's at its highest point ever. From uh, and I, these, if you pay attention to the dates, you'll understand. But from August of 2020 <laughs> to April of 2021, anxiety rose by 40 percent in the United States. 40 percent. You know, when that uh, 15 day shutdown turned into 307 days of locking down the world, um, yeah, anxiety skyrocketed. Um, one of the causes for anxiety, so this, you have this big part of your brain called your prefrontal cortex up here, and this is where a lot of stuff, like creativity is in this part of the brain, reasoning, thought, you know, most, most of your upper level, you know, cognitive abilities all actually are up here. We talked a little about, about the amygdala, um, or if we said from the water boy, the medulla obligata. <laughs> the medulla obligata! But anyways... Um, Where's Pastor J-Dub? Pastor J-Dub can do a great water boy. Anyways, um, but, um, but anyways, uh, but we have the amygdala, and there are certainly other parts of the brain, but, but this is where you get creativity, singing, all this. You know, this is the part I obviously don't have. I think dancing is also up here. Um, and so, like, on the inside, I, it's going on. On the outside, it's a hot mess. And so, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but what happens so many times with anxiety, and this is what we say, is that you're in, from here comes all your predictions, forecasting, and when you, and also this is where all this data comes in. And what happens is when you have more data coming in and creates variables and you start being unable to predict outcomes, then, then anxiety starts going up. And I think in the world in which we live, we were just thrown a bunch of information. We can't even tell how much of it's even actually true. Like, I don't want to get on that, but, but you know, it, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of the information we're given is not even accurate and it changes every day with whatever the political agenda seems to be or the necessary political agenda. It's always easier to control people if you can keep them afraid. And, and so I always say the proof of the pudding's in the eating. So what I know um, is that you can control people when you keep them afraid. So if you start pushing if you start injecting tons of fear through media outlets, whether your drug of choice is Fox News or your drug of choice is CNN, it does not matter. They all have an agenda, and they inject, they inject the juice of whatever anxiety they want you to have. 
because they want you to subscribe to their way of thinking or whatever the case may be. And so some of this we just have to, like, I'm not blaming it all, but I'm just saying we need to be in reality about the world in which we live, and we need to understand that there is good news, but it comes from heaven, and sometimes you need to turn off the other news because if you just leave 24-hour news on, which most of the time is more like propaganda, you're going to live anxious. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's I probably shouldn't have said any of that, and if you're going to email me, that's okay. I'm not going to read it. And so um, <laughs> you just need to be in reality. But all of a sudden, we've got all these new variables every day, and nobody knows. We just all know it's the end, right? And so no wonder anxiety is up. And so I, I want to talk about it um, as something that I've dealt with. Now, I want to start by saying this, that we need to understand and I think this comes with all mental issues. When you're talking about anxiety and depression, this is one of my concerns. Uh, Gen, Gen Z, uh, which I really got a, just a burden for, for this generation, maybe because that's where my three kids are. Um, but I love them, and they're an incredible generation. And I love them because right now they're turning into a seeking generation. Like They're kind of tired of the bull. And they're trying to figure out what's real. And so I'm telling you, God's about to move in a revival in Gen Z um, because they're tenacious and all. But, but I also am scared because they're the most emotionally attuned generation we've ever had. And that can be good and bad because never have we seen so many young people with so many varying types of disorders, diagnosis, and those type of things. And so I just want to say something because I think this needs to be said. Now, I do believe that, and I'm going to talk about this in just a minute, I do believe there are real mental issues. I believe there are real anxiety disorders. I, I, I understand that happens. So if you have been diagnosed, I am not up here saying, you know, just sprinkle a little Jesus on it. It's going to be fine. It's not what this message is. I've dealt with it. I'm, I've had a panic attack. I understand what it's like to be triggered. I've done I've, I've done that, man. So I know how real it is. Okay. But I also want to say my concern is that um, so many times mental or, or, or mental sickness or mental issues are pain avoidant issues or reality avoidant issues. What I mean by that is uh, one, one uh, doctor said that, that most mental illness, a lot of mental illness comes at the hands of trying not to feel pain. Yes. Right which is also where addictions and things come from. They're medications to try not to feel pain. But you need to understand in this world, even Jesus said, you're going to have some trouble. And what you need to understand, there's difference between feeling anxious and having an anxiety disorder. Yes. I, I, I need you to understand this. Because stress, right, there, stress actually creates anxiety, but a certain level of stress is healthy. Right? A deadline is healthy because without a deadline, some of us never get anything done. But a deadline creates stress. Are you with me? Like, oh my gosh, it's got to be done. And wives, this is not a time to punch your husband about some honeydew list. We're going home today, Baba, and I'm going to put a date beside these things. Stop it. Stop it. It's not what we're doing today. But I'm just saying a certain amount of stress is good because a certain amount of stress is normal in life and causes us to be productive. And so just because I'm feeling anxious doesn't mean I have an anxiety disorder. And my concern is there's so much talk about it that sometimes is a little bit reckless that we have a lot of people on Google self-diagnosing themselves with anxiety disorders because they're like, it's like we believe, no, I should never feel anxious. I felt anxious writing the message. I do. I was writing the message on anxiety and feeling anxious about it. 
because there's some stress. Like God, you know, got baby dedication, not gonna have a lot of time, Jesus. Like worship's been going longer, things been happening, Jesus. Like, and then I wrote the message. I'm like, God, I still don't think I have your heart. I don't think I have your heart. And so, like, but it, I don't have a disorder. You know what I'm saying? I just, like, it's due. They need my outline, Jesus. Now I feel like I need to rewrite it, Jesus, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so please understand, there are also days that we just kind of feel down, but that doesn't mean we have depression. And so I just want to say, don't self-diagnose. And let me tell you what I think the enemy is doing with Gen Z through this. Anytime the enemy can label you, he can limit you. And he is so scared of Gen Z. He's so scared of millennials that he's been trying to label millennials since, since that generation started. And really, he does it with every generation, but now he's trying to label Gen Z. And we got a bunch of young people running around feeling like they have disorders because it's been recklessly thrown out there. It's not been properly diagnosed. And we got a lot of people that are, that are medicating in ways they don't have to medicate because he knows if I can convince you you have these disorders, you'll have to live with these labels the rest of your life. And you will believe the lie that you cannot be who God created you to be or that you're less than someone else because you have this label. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying, I want to take some labels off of people today. By the way, anxiety is not a new thing. Read your Bible. Did you ever read of Martha? You are troubled about Martha, Martha. Martha. You are troubled about many things, right? Anxieties in the Bible. You ever heard of David? David prayed, Lord, please know my anxious thoughts. Because yes. I, I wanted to use Martha and David because if I thought Martha, everybody's like, oh, I don't want to be Martha. I don't want to be. How about King David, one of the most successful kings, the mightiest warrior, struggled with anxiety, had to pray about it. Dear God, I've got anxious thoughts. Can you help me with this? So this is nothing new. This is what I want you to understand. Anxiety, being anxious, it's, it's nothing new. I think there are some new things, like I said, with COVID, obviously. Um, also, lifestyle is different. By the way, there are people, sometimes I'm talking, they're like, oh, I've got so much anxiety. Tell me about your diet. Well, today I had four energy drinks, five cold brews, a nitro <laughs> cold brew, and I slept two hours because I was up all night playing whatever video. I'm like, you, listen, you don't have anxiety. You're stupid. That's the problem there. That's not anxiety, man. You're over-caffeinated and under-rested. Are you, are you with me? Like, I've got heart palpitations. You're four monsters in, man. You're lucky we're not in the ER right now. That shows you God's on your side. You hadn't killed yourself. So I'm just saying, like, when I talk to people and they say, you know, Pastor, I'm struggling with anxiety, let me just, I don't have time to go through all this, but let me just, you can find this information. First of all, what's your diet like? Are you getting enough sleep? Well, I can't sleep. Are you drinking too much caffeine? Right? You know, do you exercise? Like sometimes people don't know, there's some neuroscience behind, like if you're just wigging out, take your shoes off and go walk around in your grass outside. That's another thing. Have you been outside this month? right? You know, go for a walk, you know, get it. Like I will tell you the most favorite thing about my dog. Most of you know, I have a dog and he's awesome. Milo. He's incredible. He is, he is my fourth child and, um, he is the baby of the family and we all love him. The greatest thing about Milo is he takes me on walks. 
He takes me on walks all the time. He, will, he wants to take me every day, anytime for a walk. He loves going on walks. And he will come to me. And he'll say, huh. and that is like, I know. Like he talks to me in his dog-like way. But when it's walk time, it's walk time. And, and I'm just saying, some of you may need to may get a dog, man, and go for a walk. You know, could help you a lot. You know, well, I've been inside in the dark room and I'm for four days, you know, listening to murder mystery podcast and <laughs> drinking monster energy drinks and eating Snickers. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm feeling depressed. <laughs> really? Shocking. Find some broccoli and go outside, you know? <laughs> Order you a salad, man. Um, when it, um, <laughs> I'm not, listen, we got to have fun. But I, I'm just saying, when I started, when I walked through, it was a season I walked through depression and, and I had to kind of figure that out. And God told, it was amazing. God totally delivered me um, in an incredible way. It was, it was a season I went through anxiety and it was tied to a, a person in my life. Um, but I had to figure out what that was. Yeah, how many know there? Sometimes anxiety is contagious. By the way, if your wife's contagious, if your wife is anxious, you are too. You know, if your mom is anxious, you probably are too. If your husband's anxious, you probably are too. You know what I'm saying? Like your best friend's anxious, you probably are. It's 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 contagious. And 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 when you get anxious people, you know they start you know, start spinning up. So sometimes anxiety can be triggered just by being around people who have anxiety. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to figure it out, like where it comes from. But um, anyways, God, you know, God did a, an amazing thing. And, and, but I remember during that time, you know, I looked at, well, what vitamins and supplements can I take? And I'll be honest, I was working with a counselor at the time. And I had this, uh, there was a certain trigger in my life. So two years in a row, at a particular time of year, I would get into this depression. And I'd never had it before. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I tell you what, I'm going to tell this story next week, okay? Because we're out of time. Anyways, the bottom line is there's some things you can do. Do, do you know, get some exercise, eat right, sleep right, turn, drink some water, you know, like drink water. And, um, you know, do, do natural things, talk to counselors, all those things. So um, I want you to understand this, though. I'll, I promise I'll tell that story next week, okay? Because next week I'm going to talk about depression, all right, and suicide, ide suicide ideation, all that. It would be a fun week next week, all right? Um, and so uh, I will give you that story then. Um, but uh, what I know is that we're a triune being. So let's talk about where anxiety comes from. Because I think the problem is we, we sometimes think I have anxiety, but the question is where does it come from? Anxiety is a symptom, right? It's not a thing. It's a symptom. It comes from, if you have pain, pain is not the problem. Something's not working. That's the problem or not working correctly or has been injured, right? And so when we just say I have anxiety and we start treating anxiety, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that if you're working with a doctor or professional or whatever, nor am I saying if you're on a medication, you should get off of those medications. Again, not a doctor. I'm a preacher, okay? I, I'm just going to tell you the word of God. I believe God can heal you, right? I take an aspirin, pray God heals my headache. That's the way I am, okay? And I think sometimes you may need to get leveled out enough that you can really tune in and seek God to see what God wants to do with your life. So I, I'm not against that. So there's more of my disclaimers, but where does anxiety come from? The Holy Spirit spoke to me. I've never heard this, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said it comes from three places, one of three places, because you're a triune being. You're a body, a soul, and a spirit. 
So where does anxiety come from? Well, some scientists believe it could be chemical deficiencies, you know, lack of serotonin, oxytocin, some of these neurotransmitters in the brain. That's part of the science. Some people say that's not it. Some people are. But the bottom line is the mind and the brain are not the same thing. The brain is an organ, right? And it functions in and of itself. It is the brain is in, you don't turn your brain off. How many know it's in, it's an involuntary, like it's telling your lungs to breathe. It's telling your heart to beat right now. You're not sitting there like breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing that. So the brain is doing what it does and the brain is programmed. We talked about this last week. The brain can be programmed by the mind. And so the brain can have a lot of triggers because it takes in a lot of data, a lot of connections, all these neurotransmitters and all this kind of stuff. So your brain is, is physical. So if your brain, if there really is something physically wrong, you can have anxiety, right? The good news is he said, I sent my word and healed them and delivered them of all their destructions. So the great thing is God promises physical healing if we have a physical problem. Are you with me? Right? It can also come from your mind. Your mind's not your brain. Your mind's your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. So anxiety is a fear. It's an emotion, Right, and it can be triggered by the mind or the way you think. So, so, so when we're talking then about the mind, like anxiety can come from the mind. So it can come from the body, brain. It can come from the mind. But here's the great promise of Scripture: that that hey, we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We can be transformed. Our minds can be transformed, so we can know and not only know but prove. I'm going to talk about this later. Prove the will of God. The renewed mind is what sees the power of God and the provision of God and the kingdom of God. He wants to renew your mind so you can see him and what he wants to do in your life. Are you with me? I'll talk about that later. So now we have, it could be my brain, but God has a solution. He will heal me. It can be my mind, but God has a solution. His Holy Spirit will renew me, restore me, right? And it could be a spirit. We're going to talk about this in a later day. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit that brings power and love and a sound mind. Are you with me? So when we have anxiety, where does it come from? Let me tell you where it's going to come from categorically. Your brain, your mind, or a spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you the, the, the funny is because some of you are like, I don't know, I'm blaming spirits, I don't believe in all that. I'm sorry, Bubba Ray, they're real. All right, and let me help you with this. The spirit's the easiest one to fix. Because fear is subject to you. Every spirit is subject to you. He has given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Like sometimes when I'm dealing with people and they're, they're dealing with things and we're trying to figure out what is, I'm always like, I hope it is the devil. Because we can get rid of him. That's easy. That's a one-step process. You know what I'm saying? Like go in Jesus' name. So, so you, you need to kind of think about where, you know, I, I think God can show you um, where this is coming from. So I'm in First Timothy chapter 1, and uh, I want to give you, I called this message, well, I'll read scripture, and then I'll pray, and then I'll give you the title, because that's usually what we do. Anyways, um, <laughs> but for Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 1, Paul, I don't know if I said first or second, anyway, Second Timothy chapter 1, whatever I said, some of you with discernment, you just figured it out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, these are the jokes. All right, anyways, um, but Paul is writing, this is the last letter that Paul writes. He is, this is second imprisonment in Rome. The first imprisonment was a house arrest. Now Nero 
um, is the emperor, and he is imprisoned in Rome in a dungeon. And he is writing to Timothy. It will be the last of his writing. He is going to be put to death uh, by Nero. He is writing to Timothy. And Timothy is a son in the faith, we know. And Timothy is the overseer of the church of Ephesus. And so Paul writes to him in, in the beginning of this, this letter. And this letter is written differently, by the way, than most of the other epistles. It doesn't really have a form. It's more just sentiments. And it's, it's very free-flowing. Um, it's a little more emotional. But... Um, Paul writes to Timothy, and he's talking about the faith that he saw in him and the faith that he saw in his um, grandmother and his mother um, and how that faith is in him. Come on, mighty women of faith. Like somebody, like how many is here today because granny prayed? Man, you are here today because mama prayed, right? Uh, thank God for women of faith. Amen? Um, and so, but he's like, hey, that faith is in you. And he said, I want to take you back to the gift of God that's in you that was, that was distinguished and identified when, when we prayed, when I laid my hands on you and prayed. And so he's, he's, he's building Timothy up, and then he gives this very famous scripture that we all know, 2 Timothy 1.7. We're going to work the whole time just on this one verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. For God is not, let's say that together. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I'm going to talk to you for whatever time I have left about the anxiety antidote. The anxiety antidote. It's going to be a good word. How many are ready for a good word? Let's pray. Jesus, will you come right now and speak? Holy Spirit, you are in this room. Let us not miss you. And God, I just believe in this moment, it's not just going to be words that you're hopefully going to give me very clearly to speak. At least that's where my faith is. But God, these words are going to enter into the hearts and the minds and the bodies of the people here in a powerful way to bring health and life and freedom and wholeness and deliverance. God, that's what I believe. You sent your word and healed them. God, you set free the captive. And God, that's what we're believing you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, I never really, I've known this verse. It's one of those that you quote. It's a great verse. You put this on your refrigerator or dash. I mean, this would be a good one to put in your mind, right, to renew your mind with. But um, I've never thought about it as an anxiety antidote till I started studying anxiety, until I started thinking about how to help people and the fact that I believe God has a solution for all these things. And um, just like I've said, we've had several people, even Bill, who's on our staff, uh, who runs outreach for us, uh, Bill Fernbrook. God completely, we're going to get him to share his testimony, but God completely healed him. He's a combat vet. God completely healed him of PTSD just a couple weeks ago. I mean, he was sharing that Friday night. It's incredible testimony. And so I believe sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't, maybe we don't take everything we should to the Lord. Like, and we don't think about, I should take my anxiety to the Lord. But here we're talking about Timothy. What's going on with Timothy? Well, a few things. Number one, he's really young. Number two, he is pastoring or overseeing uh, probably, you know, probably the largest church in Turkey maybe at the time. So Ephesus is in Turkey. It was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It had over a quarter of a million people. It was very wealthy, very influential, also very much given to idol worship. 
And now Timothy's the pastor, and now he realizes, like, Paul's writing, and Paul's in prison, and it looks like his spiritual dad is about to go be with Jesus, and we don't have any mention, really, of Timothy's dad, so we don't know if he was maybe deceased or, or just, I assume, that's what we assume, or he could have been an unbeliever or whatever, but we have the faith of mom and grandma, right? And so, and so here is Timothy. You got to think about this. He is young, um, and... and um, and not only that, but, but his spiritual father is leaving him in charge of this very influential church. And, and he is probably about to go meet with Jesus. He has fought his fight. He has finished his race. He's kept his course, you know, that kind of thing. And we know that Paul at one point told Timothy, take a little wine for your belly. So maybe he had an upset stomach. So I'm just saying it is quite possible Timothy understood anxiety. It is quite possible that Paul knew Timothy understood anxiety, and it's quite possible that Paul understood that in these circumstances and the way that things were going out, that it would be very, very normal for Timothy to experience anxiety and become very timid and step back from what God had called him to, which is my message to you. Don't let any mental illness cause you to step back from what God has purposed and destined and called you to. Do you know even Paul had anxiety? Do you know this? I mean, because uh, he's talking about, um, what was that guy's name? Uh, he is actually talking to the Philippians and he said, I want to send a Epaphroditus to you so I'll be less anxious. Like even Paul knows what it's like to be anxious. So I just want you to know, like, don't let a label stop you. That's what I want you to know. Don't let a label or an emotion stop you. So I want to look at this passage. God's not giving a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I want to give you four C's that I think are the anxiety antidote. How do I know this? Because it worked for me. Like this is your infomercial, okay? Four C's. All right? I'm not saying, again, my disclaimer, I'm not saying this is all you need. We need community. Thank God for doctors. All, there's all my disclaimer. So, you know, this is, does that make sense? But I want to give you four C's today. Number one, number one, categorize, categorize. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. I have found a lot of people, when they're struggling with emotion, the first struggle is they can't figure out what it is. The second one is they're afraid to name it what it is. I think this is a big thing now. It's like, well, I don't want to call it anxiety because what if I have anxiety? We're all going to be anxious. But I've found you can't, you can't do anything with anything until you give it a name. You've got to name it. I mean, this is the first step in solving a problem. You got to what? Identify the problem, right? And, and I found a lot of times when you're feeling anxious, sometimes we don't know enough just to stop and say, oh, this is anxiety. Like I'm feeling anxious. Because what happens the moment you name it is now we can reclaim it, right? But I can't reclaim it until I name it. And so if I'm, and this is the other thing we do, we start fighting against it. And how many know when you get anxious about being anxious, you just get more anxious? Are you with me? And the more I try to fight against, like, I don't want to be anxious. I'm feeling anxious. It's like this dark cloud's coming. I don't want to, I don't want to, and you're just like, you know, you're going off like a rocket, man. But what happens when you just say, well, just, you know what? Feels a little anxious. Got some anxiety. Like, like, what if just because the anxiety train comes by, you don't have to get on it? Maybe if you would name it, you could just let it go on by. Like, you don't have to get on every train that comes by. 
Like, let me help you. Social media world. You don't have to get on every train that comes by. And this, you know, a, a lot of even psychologists, scientists, doctors, these people, they're talking about mindfulness. Sometimes it's just good to say, wow, I'm feeling anxious. Okay. And almost like watching a train go by or watching a leaf float down the river. There's anxiety. I just don't think I'm going to get in and swim with it right now. You know, I think, you know what? We're going to do something else, which is what we're going to talk about here. So I'm going to name it so I can reclaim it, right? I'm going to name it so I can reclaim it. Um, and then if I can do that, like the next thing I can do is I can, I can, if you can do this, like if I can say, I'm feeling anxious, but I, you know, but it's not the end of the world. Everybody feels anxious, right? This is, this is normal, to have some stress or anxiety. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. In fact, it may mean my body's working correctly. If I told you right now that we had put a couple of snakes in this room, would anybody's anxiety go up? And would we say that's good or bad? No, it's good. It's good if I said, hey, we just put a, cut in, a couple of very venomous snakes in the room just to make church fun today. And if you're sitting there like, oh, it doesn't bother me, bro. You are sick, man. You need help. You better find you some anxiety. Like, you should be feeling some stress right now, crocodile hunter. Like, I don't know what your deal is. Because sometimes we, we have to normalize, oh, I'm anxious. Like, David was anxious. Paul was anxious. Timothy was anxious. Like, Martha was anxious, like, I'm anxious. There's the anxious train. And then you could ask yourself this, I wonder why I'm anxious. Because once I name it, I can reclaim it. So, so I wonder why. I'm going to categorize. I have some anxiety and fear. I wonder why. Because if you can find a trigger, what's a trigger? Trigger is like a, a stimuli that invokes an, a response, typically of emotion, um, of dread or being overwhelmed. And, and so when you say stimuli, you think about senses. So it's something I see, right? Like if you're a, con we have some combat vets and um, like loud noises can be a trigger, right? Because why? Their mind and brain train them that if you hear loud noises, there is impending doom. Somebody's shooting at you, that's bad, right? And so loud noises are, are uh, we had another man healed of, uh, he was sharing his testimony about anxiety and and. He had PTSD, but uh, his wife was in a terrible automobile accident, and he was one of the responders, and um, it was a horrible thing. But he said, from, from that time on, anytime I heard a siren or saw flashing lights, I just went to a bad place. And, and a revival night, actually, God healed him. And he said he was going home and saw an accident scene. He said, I, my pulse didn't rise. Nothing changed. And then the next morning, coming back, to, he came back to prayer the next morning. And he said, I saw, you know, it's emergency response vehicles this morning. And he said, nothing changed. He said, normally I'd go into panic. My pulse would go up. You know, I'm sweating, you know, because it's real. Triggers are real. But if I can start saying, why is this? Well, I've got a hard conversation. Or I'm, you know, and, and we start walking down. It's like, is this in my mind? Is this kind of something in my brain? And if you can trace the trigger, like if you can name it, you can reclaim it. So the first thing we want to do is don't fight yourself. I think sometimes we fight with anxiety like, like we have the power, you know, to fix anxiety by being anxious or something like that. And, and I'll get to this in a minute, but don't fight with yourself. Just name it and say, God, if I name it, I can reclaim it. Right? If I categorize, okay, this is anxiety, this is fear, whatever. That's why he said, God's like, he's like, Timothy, we got to name what the problem is right here, fear. 
Got to name it. Here's the second thing, control. So categorize and then control. Typically, because he said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Power. That word is dunamis in the Greek. It's the same, it's the same power word we see like on the day of Pentecost, same power word. Acts chapter one, God will give you God will give you power when the Holy Spirit. So this is power that comes by the Holy Spirit. Well, what is the power that the Holy Spirit has given us? He has given us the ability to control us. Anxiety usually comes from one or two places. When I'm not controlling me, or when I'm trying to control something or someone else. This is why like social media and the comparison world out there is so crazy and it's creating anxiety because you're trying to control what everyone thinks about you through your posts. That's why you never see a post that hasn't been filtered. Like there are some people, if we met them in real life, we wouldn't know who they were. Right? Like, you know, kind of like when I take family pictures, I'm always like, can you just Photoshop Chris Hemsworth in there and... I'll use that on my profile. It's me, Thor. Anyway, so, um, but, I'm, but I'm just saying, so, so where does this, there, the, the, when we're talking about anxiety, so anxiety is going to come from this place of either not owning fully what is mine or trying to own something that is not mine. Both of those are going to be anxiety triggers, right? When I'm trying to control something else or control an outcome. So, so in other words, when we're talking about power, God has given you power and dominion over your life and the things he's put under you, but he has not given you power and dominion over other people, their choices in their life and the things he has not put. So we've got to find where my boundary lines fall so I know what I'm supposed to be in charge of. Sometimes I can't fix or change things, but my part can be, still be defined. Like sometimes I can't, like when we walk into a weekend, I can't tell you what God's going to do. I just know I'm supposed to pray and show like I have what I'm in charge of. Right. And as long as I own fully, like the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, right, is self-control. God has given me power to govern myself. He has given me power to govern my life. He has given me power to make decisions. And sometimes we pull back from decisions we need to make or we shrink back from things that really is our responsibility or conversations we really need to go ahead and have or things we really need to go do. We start getting anxious. Why? Because we're not taking responsibility for us. And when I, listen, you'll never have dominion over the things God wants you to have dominion over until you get dominion over yourself. Like, I can't wait till God just puts me in my calling. Well, your first calling is to deal with you. And so sometimes when we're not being responsible, let me say, what does that look like? When everything is everybody else's fault. Well, I can't because this person and my life's never because of that person. And if I just had the perfect man, no, if you had the perfect man, you'd drive him off. (laughs) About all you're ready for is the imperfect man. Like you're ready for the codependent man. (laughs) That was your word. Somebody, that was your word today. Like you got to, because what you'd be trying to do is you'd be leaving the areas of your life you won't control and trying to control him to make him control the areas of your life you want him to control or her the areas of life you want her to, like you just need to make me happy. Happy is an inside job. 
That just felt good, man. I felt the Holy Ghost on that. I don't know where you're at, but all right. Anyways, but I want you to think about this. So I have, look what God has given me. He has given me the power to own me. He's given me the power to own my mind. He's given me the power to own my emotions. He's given me the power to own my thoughts. He's given me the power to, to own whatever position, whatever calling, whatever property. Like, like he has given me power to have dominion and reign over my life. He has given me the fruit of the spirit, which is self-control, right? And so God is not going to control everything about your life. He's not going to control things that he's given you power to control. So you, at some point, you got to stop blaming everybody about your life and start taking authority over it. What they did doesn't make you who you are. What you decided to do with what they did determines who you are or what you decided not to do. So you got to, by the way, so you take control of whatever you do. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. I don't think we understand this. What happens when it's not mine, pastor? What happens when I'm not in control? You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. And surrender is a posture of control. That's a good word for somebody. It is still powerful to say, that is not mine. I cannot control it. Lord, I surrender. I will trust you. I will obey you. I have done me. I have done my part. I have done my thing. I have done everything you've asked me to do, but I can't control that. I can't control them. I can't make them. I can't fix that. That's not under, that's, that's outside of my boundary lines. So what I can do is, you know, they may let me go because I won't get a vaccine. I can't control that God. And by the way, disclaimer, I'm not against vaccines. If you get a vaccine, get it in faith. If you don't get one, don't get it in faith. Amen. Wherever God's leading you, right? So I'm not against those, but I'm just saying it's a real deal where people are losing their job because they don't feel like they should be forced into a vaccine. And I'm like, if you don't feel, yeah, I had this conversation with a friend this week and, and they're like, I'm probably in a great management job position, all that. And she's like, I'm probably going to be laid off, you know, uh, but they caught a, a resignation so they don't have to pay you any benefits or whatever. And because I don't feel like, she's like, I'm not against, she's a medical professional, I'm not against the vaccine. I just don't feel like I should be forced to take it. And so I'm probably, and, and so we're talking like, well, you can't control that. You can't control that. It's not something you can control. And, and so like, if that's you, it's like, well, I can control this, but I can't control that. So Lord, I don't have the power to control it, but I do have the power to surrender to you. Like I have the power to surrender to you. So anxiety can come from, um, Taking, trying to take control where I shouldn't and not controlling where I should. The Holy Spirit also spoke this, and i got to give this really fast. But anxiety many times comes from a position of self-sufficiency because you're not all-sufficient. He is. Now, God doesn't make you to be codependent. He makes you to be interdependent on the body of Christ but completely dependent on Him. If you think about, I was thinking about this. This is a good word. I like this. I'm going to see how this works out. If it doesn't work well, I won't do it in the next one. Um, <laughs> You're, you're my test subjects. All right, my test audience. But I was thinking about, I said, where was the first time anxiety is found in the Bible? And immediately their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked and they made fig leaves and they covered themselves. And then when they heard the sound of the Lord God in the garden, they hid themselves. Do you understand anxiety was one of the first things humanity faced after the fall? Like, it is not new. 
Is that like, depending on your timeline, that could be like 6,000 years ago or longer, right? And so um, I think the shortest timeline is 6,000 years ago. So, you know, so anxiety's kind of been a deal for about 6,000 years or so. Um, but think about that. They feel this anxiety. Why do they feel this anxiety? Because where God had given them the power to surrender, they chose the power to control. Don't eat this fruit. But if you eat this fruit, you're going to be like God. But I'm not supposed to do that. That's outside the boundary. And what they did in that moment was they chose to be self-sufficient instead of God-reliant. And you need to understand peace most of the time in anxiety. Peace comes not from your ability to be self-sufficient in yourself or your ability to to do whatever. Peace comes from being God-reliant, not self-sufficient. And any time, especially as believers, but I think anyone, I think it rings true with anyone, because the way we're created is to rely and trust in God. And the moment we, we take control where we shouldn't and try to be self-sufficient instead of God-reliant, we're going to fall into anxiety. Right? Um, so, um, so we have to con- control. Here's the third thing. Connect. So categorize, control, connect. Um, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power and love, right? Love. This word here is the, the Greek word for the love of God or agape, perfect love. There are several words, four words, I think, four or five words for, for love that are Greek that we interpret just as love. But this one is the love. It's like the, the love of God, which most people understand that if you've been in church, but agape love. But look at this. Look at this. Um, this is what 1 John four eighteen says. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. If you've been anxious, if you have an anxiety disorder, that makes sense to you. Fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. It's not a condescending statement. It's, it's, a, it's an anecdotal. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up. Um, it's, an, it's an anecdotal statement. It's a solution. That, that if I have an abundance of fear, it's because something has shifted. Remember, our thoughts are based in fear. Our thoughts are based in love. It's the only two bases of thought that we can have. And so if I am anxious and afraid, I need the love of God. This is why, listen, this is why, and it goes back to control, but also connect. Be anxious for nothing. The Bible never gives you a command without God giving you the grace to walk it out. So if, if the Bible is telling you don't be anxious for anything, God is offering the grace for anxiety in everything. That was great. Like, that shocked me the way I just said that. Somebody write that down and give that to me after church, okay? But, but if the Bible is telling us don't be anxious in anything, God will give you the grace to be peaceful in everything. If Zion tells us be anxious for nothing, God's giving you the grace to be peaceful in everything. I'm just trying to put it in there so I can get it in the next one. Um, and so you need to understand that let our anxiety drive us back to the love of God. Like, don't be anxious, in any, don't be anxious um, but pray about everything, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your, and here's what he's saying. If you can't control it, pray about it. 
But here's the idea. Don't let anxiety move me away from God. Let my anxiety push me towards connection with God. Many times we're anxiety, we're anxious because we're feeling a disconnection from God. It's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. The moment they took that fruit and were disconnected from God, anxiety came. The first thing I think that happens when we disconnect from God is anxiety, which actually is a blessing. Because like pain, it's saying, you got to get back to Jesus. I've found in my life nowadays, I don't struggle with disorders, things like that. But if I have a day where I'm like, man, I feel anxious today. I start asking myself, God, you know, what's my connection to you look like right now? Why do you think I start every day by connecting with God? Because I found I'm not anxious when I'm connected. Because in the day, how many know life's going to throw you a curve? Come on, Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty fast. You know, um, life's going to throw you a curve. And when life throws you a curve, it is so great to approach it from a connected place with the Holy Spirit. And so, um, and so what's, your, what's your connection like? And here's what I know. The Bible said, I don't know if you know this, but the love of God is an experience, not just a promise and, and not just a scripture. The love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This is what I feel like somebody needs today that God wants to do today is you can tangibly feel. So if you're anxious, let me tell you one of the things that I did and I would do today if I were struggling, but, but I would go in and connect with God and I would sit in his presence until I felt his affection for me. It is hard to be scared when you feel the affection of the almighty God in your life. Perfect love displaces fear. Are you with me? And so sometimes when you're anxious, you just need to stop and get into the presence of God and wait for the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God into your heart in a way that you feel his affection for you. You sense his love for you because when you sense his affection in his love, your relationship with God is real. It's not ethereal. Like it is real. It is tangible. You can sense God's presence like we do in this room. Like you can know God is with you. And sometimes when we're anxious, hey God, just like David, I got to stop for a minute, Lord, know my anxious thoughts, search me. In other words, where's the trigger? Where's the problem? But God, I'm going to sit in this place until I have an encounter and I am, and I am certain and you have reassured me of your affection for me because I know when love comes, fear goes. So categorize, control, connect, and here's the last one, combat. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. The promise of the Bible is not a sick mind, but a sound mind. The promise of God's word is not anxiety, but it's the fact that I can take anxiety can drive me to him, right? And so, so what we understand, that word sound mind comes from the word self-discipline. And what I want you to understand, remember how we have to own the part that's ours? So there's part that's his. Like, God's going to show up with love because he loves you. And if you'll stop long enough, he'll, he'll, you know, listen, my kids will stop long enough, I'm going to hug them. Right? If they'll stop long enough, I'm going to grab them. That's the way I am. Right? Well, sometimes, you know, anxiety gets us into running, and we just run in all the wrong directions. We'll run into the arms of God, let him hug you. And then in that moment, say, now, wait a second. Is there something I need to change? How do I combat? See, um, you, know the, you know this. Like, if I said pink elephant right now, and, and I said, hey, whatever you do, don't think about a pink elephant. 
Like, I don't want you to think about pink elephants or a pink elephant flying or a pink elephant uh, walking on the water, a pink elephant on a big ball or a pink elephant, you know, in your house. I would, I, whatever you do, don't think about a pink elephant sitting on your car. You know what I'm saying? Don't think about a pink elephant. Everybody's in there like, how do I not think about a pink elephant? The moment you said pink elephant, I saw a pink elephant. Right. Because you can't really get rid of thoughts. You can just get new ones. It is easier to create a new thought than it is to try to get a thought out. I don't want to think about anxiety. I don't want to be anxious. I don't, no. You know, like a Roman candle. But what you can do is you can say, wait a second, wait a second. I have a spirit that gives me the power of self-control. And God has promised me a, self, a, a sound mind, but that comes with a little bit of my own, my own self-discipline. So what if I fixed my thoughts on the love of God, the promise of God? What, what, if I, what if I combated these negative thoughts by saying, hey, I'm going to think about something else. Isaiah 26.3, I love. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I have found many times when we're anxious, the question is, where's our mind stuck? Anxiety is a sticking place for the mind. Triggers are sticking places for the mind. But I have been given power over my mind. I can decide what I'm going to think about. I can decide what I'm going to trust in. I can decide. And so when I get this anxious thought, like, oh, my God, I have this meeting, and I'm probably going to get fired, or, oh, I've got to fire this person. I love them so much, and they're a great person, but they're doing a terrible job. Or, you know, oh, I've got to talk to my wife or my husband or my kids, or, oh, something's going on. What's going on with my kids? And I get all this. Then, then I come back to, wait a second, wait a second. What's a promise of God that I could dwell on? How many, how many have ever worried about anything? Yeah. So you know how to meditate. <laughs> right? You know how to meditate. The problem is worry is just meditating on the wrong thing. Worry is typically meditating on the outcomes that you can't predict anyway. But what if I meditated on the one who holds my tomorrow? What if I fixed my thoughts on him? And what if I said, you know, God, I can keep going down this rabbit hole and it's just get darker and darker and darker and darker. Or I can say, God, I thank you that you love me. Your love for me is perfect, that I'm called, that I'm chosen, that you're with me. God, that, that, that you've given me the, the power to live this life. You've given me the Holy Spirit. Like, Lord, you, you, you're going to prosper me. You're going to keep me in health as, as my soul prospers. God, you're the lover of my soul. You're the redeemer of my life. Like, like you're the teacher. You will, you will teach my kids, and you will keep them in peace. And my children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace, Lord, according to your word. Lord, according to your word, the promise is you will give my children a heart to, to know you. And, and what would it be like to just start inserting the promise of God and say, well, well Lord... Peace has to do with what my mind is fixed on. So I'm going to fix my mind on you. And I'm going to choose you. And I'm, I'm going to combat anxiety by fixing my mind on you. Because I probably, whatever I'm anxious about, I probably, there's at least 50-50 chance it's on the realm of I can't control it. 
And a lot of times we fix our mind on God. God will say, well, here's your part. And then you have peace. Because, okay, here's my part. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to trust this. This is the power of dominion. This is the power of surrender. I'm going to fix my mind on him. Amen. Why don't you stand? And uh, I'm going to ask our prayer team to go ahead and, and come to the front. I'm going to pray over us. And then today, I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit today wanted to flood some people with the love of God. Like he, he just wants to pour the love of God into your heart, into your life. Um, and so I want to invite you to come get prayer, but I'm going to pray that way. Um, and then we're going to have to make a quick change with the kids because it all went long. But today it wasn't 100% my fault, just mostly. Um, but can we pray? Father, thank you so much that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit that produces love and power and a sound mind. You have given us a spirit that produces love and power and a sound mind. God, today we receive that from you. I feel his presence so strongly. I know we're in a hurry, but just take a moment, fix your eyes and your thoughts, fix your thoughts on him. Say, God, I want to receive from you because I believe today God wants to flood some people with some love to displace fear and anxiety. I felt that so strongly as I was preparing. So God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, will you come and pour the love of God into the hearts of people? Just pour your love into their hearts. Displace that fear. Displace that anxiety. And God, today I pray if they're struggling, they'd come forward and get prayer. But right now, God, I pray you'd meet them and flood their heart with the love of God. Flood their heart with the love of God. And Lord, today we do thank you that we have authority over all the power of the enemy. We don't have to yell at him. We could just say, fear go. Fear is a spirit. And Lord, I think today fear has been tormenting some people in this room. Um, I see a female, you, you can't even sleep. Things get so dark and so scary at night for you. And there's all this dread and just, I would say it, terror. Um, and while I'm saying this, I feel like maybe you or someone else, you're struggling with like night terrors. Like you wake up in a panic. And that is a spirit. And we're going to take authority over it. And so, God, right now, for those struggling, being terrorized and tormented by the enemy, we thank you that we have power over all the power of the enemy. We have power over all the power of the enemy. So in the name of Jesus, we speak to that spirit of fear and say, be removed from that person, be removed from their house. And Holy Spirit, I pray now you'd flood them with your love and fill their house with your grace and power. And Lord, you said you would keep in perfect peace those who smile or stand on you and you would give to your beloved in their sleep. And I declare tonight, God, they're going to go to bed and they're going to sleep soundly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you because you're faithful and good. You're with us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, listen. <laughs> yeah. Clap fast. Okay. <laughs> All right, if you have kids, please go get them. But if you need prayer, please come this way. Let's direct traffic. It's going to be crazy out there. I'm sorry, but God loves you, and we will see you next weekend. All right.